Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday. From Pastor Mike and I, we just want to say happy Thanksgiving. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your friends and family. We are certainly thankful for all of y'all's support in listening to this podcast. We appreciate all the questions you've sent in and all the support you've given us over the season of us doing this podcast. Looking forward to the future, we want to release a rerun of a podcast we did on prayer. Because during this holiday season, we want to encourage you to take a moment in the busyness of the holidays to pray and to tell God what you're thankful for and to ask God to continue to work in your life throughout this holiday season and in the years to come. And so without further ado, take a listen to our podcast that we released in July on prayer. Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, the podcast where we talk about the day-to-day Christian life. My name is Jonathan Sams. I'm back here with Pastor Mike. And Pastor Mike, as we were just sitting here talking about what to talk about this week, you said something that was really interesting. I think it maybe will be a little bit different from our normal podcast, and that's okay. But part of the reason we started this podcast is to give you the opportunity to be pastoral. And what you were mentioning about prayer and intimacy with Jesus and what we're looking at over the next year in the life of Image Church, um, I think would be super helpful for our listeners. So would you just share that with our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I've been um, just the Lord's been kind of stirred in my heart is prayer specifically. And obviously we could do hours worth of podcasts on prayer and there's there's so many depths to it. But I think it's kind of one key nugget that I, I've been walking away with. I was reading, I've been reading this book uh, called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools by uh, Tyler uh, Scanton, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, I mean, it's just been really helpful to kind of think through prayer and it's really stirred my heart and affections toward it. And through the process of listening to that and just pondering on prayer and kind of seeing the connection of the Christian life, one of the things that uh, really today was kind of like this aha moment where I'm like, man, I think this is this makes a lot of sense um, that the Lord's been, been stirring in me is that obedience flows out of intimacy. And I think a lot of times what happens is when we just focus on obedience and the doing, then Christianity becomes very burdensome and drudgery. Or when we come in on a Sunday, we just feel like all I'm hearing is I've got to go and do these things. I'm not sharing the gospel enough. Or I'm not, and the gospel may be preached and probably is preached, and it's probably the thing that is the motivation, but you're just not feeling the motivation or that motivation is not connecting with you. And I think what happens is, is you hear that and you walk away with fixing your eyes on what you need to go and do versus looking at who you need to be with first. And the call of the Christian life is to be with Jesus before you go and do things for Jesus, you know, uh, or in light of Jesus, if you will. And it's really been kind of, uh, again, stirring to me this idea of like uh, obedience flowing out of intimacy, that when you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, the natural overflow is obedience. And I think a lot of people do or try to do the obedience thing first or isolated of an intimate relationship with Christ, and that's where people experience burnout, and they, it's drudgery, and it's not beautiful for them. Yeah. What well, do you have any like di- questions to help diagnose if um, a listener is not is feeling a burden and is not pers- is pursuing obedience before intimacy? How would you go about instructing someone to diagnose where they're at in that? Yeah, this leads kind of the, the back into this, that I think one of the primary ways that we experience intimacy is through prayer. And uh, another thing I've just been thinking about is, you know, a lot of times when intimacy in a marriage relationship struggles, it's because of why. It's a gap in communication, and there's no connection. Communication leads to connection. Connection fuels healthy intimacy. Another podcast for another day, but the principle stands true. That I think a lot of times why uh, a relationship with Uh, Jesus can feel like drudgery or burdensome, or we can feel disconnected, is because we're not communicating with him. And I think there's this element of 
uh, prayer that really connects us with and draws us into, draws us deeper into this relationship with Jesus that then overflows into obedience. And so I would say, to answer your question, a couple of things to look at. Number one, how's your prayer life? You know, do you spend time praying? And man, this is where I've been so convicted as I ask myself the unqu- my, that same question. Because so often we feel like, and I was actually praying this morning, I was telling the Lord, I was like, why does it feel like prayer is a waste of time? Help me mm. see that prayer is beautiful. Help yeah. me see that prayer is powerful. Help me see that prayer draws me in uh, in my relationship with you. And so even asking for God to help me see that and asking for the power to be able to pray. Uh, and then secondly, I would say like time in the Word. You know, how is your time in the Word? How is your time with with Jesus in His Word? And again, we've, we've done a podcast on this, so I'm not going to be exhaustive. Uh, that doesn't mean sitting down for an hour. It means how often are you meditating on the words of Christ and, and really thinking and allowing those things to saturate your soul. Um, because I really do think if we could get to a place where we have an intimate relationship with Jesus, obedience would be the natural overflow of that. Yeah, so how how can we gauge, though, if we're at a place where um, we are, we do have an intimate relationship, right? Like, if you're, because I think that, do you, do you agree that there's still some times where you could have an intimate relationship and you hear do, 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 or you, you, you naturally go towards the obedience factor? And it's not that you don't have that relationship. Maybe you're just not, you've got them in wrong order. Yeah, I think what happens a lot of times when we hear the do, um, especially, uh, I take this in the context of a gospel-centered sermon that is compelling you towards something. So I want to make sure we, we frame that context. And you walk away with, man, I just feel like I'm not doing enough. I think a couple of things. Number one, you, you may have a gap in how you think God views you. That's one. I think two, you have a gap in how beautiful the gospel is and who you've been called to be, who your identity is. When you look at Paul, anytime he gives imperatives or instructions on things that need to happen within the local church or the call of a Christian life, it's always deeply rooted in the things of Christ and it overflowing. It's a reminder of the Spirit. It's a reminder of what Christ has done and all these kind of elements. And so I think we've got to be mindful and we've got to ask the question, why do I feel this way? So if you feel a sense of do, or that's what you're walking away with, I think the question you've got to ask yourself is why? Why is it? Do you feel guilty before God? Is there, here's the other thing, is there actually a gap in your life that the gospel exposed and it's actually making you uncomfortable? And so the cop-out is, I feel like I'm being told to do something. Yeah, that's good. I think those are all questions that take a lot of reflection. And so my encouragement to those listening would be to do the hard work of reflection. I think that it can be hard in our culture to slow down enough to reflect. I mean, that's convicting for me. Um, you had talked about being convicted on feeling like prayers are waste of waste of time. I feel like the heart of that as well is like, it's hard in our busy culture to slow down. Um, and I know reflecting takes some amount of slowing down. Prayer takes some amount of slowing down. So, right. um, I want to encourage you listening to try to do the hard work of slowing down and being reflective. I know I am, I know Pastor Mike is. And so we want to make sure that that is something that you are open to doing. What other advice would you give on the topic of just prayer in general to be able to have that communication, right? Because I think at least I know when I still to this day, to a certain extent, sometimes you sit down to pray and you just don't really know what to say. Like yeah. there's stuff you want to ask for, but you're like, ah, oh, like, do I really need to ask for that? And there's other stuff that's going on, but it just doesn't, the words don't really come. So what would you give as advice on how should we pray? Yeah, I'll take a page literally out of uh, Tyler's book that I referenced earlier. And he says, and there's a whole chapter on this, praise you can. Praise you can. And it was like, it was very freeing to hear that, to go, man, I think some people need need to hear that and need to yeah. know that. 
um, that right now in this moment, pray, pray as you can. And for some people, that's, I'm going to pray for an hour. For some people, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick cry to the Lord. For some people, that's a petition. For some people, it's a small ask. Also, having a better view of who God is, that he genuinely cares about everyday life. And even the small things, and Tyler gives an example of like his mother-in-law, they were in the parking lot, and she was like, dear God, help me to find a parking spot. And it, he was, talks about it, I was like, I'm in the backseat, like, are you kidding me? All these things going on, all these people dying, and being separated from God, and, all, and you're asking for a parking spot? And he's like, but I was, he, he joked and said, I'm actually not that critical, but he said, it is hard sometimes when I hear things like that. And he said, but then I was reminded of the simplicity of the fact that God cares about everything in, in, in our lives, yeah. just about every element of our life. And, and so he ties that into the praise you can, and I think... I almost want to leave it ambiguous because I think the problem is so often is we prescribe things so clearly that people feel like, I just can't do that. And so they don't do anything, and it's this paralysis by uh, analysis. And so I think, pray as you can. And, and to your point, I think it was really good. Take time to reflect. I think it's in those moments of reflection that you you find out like what what's at the heart, what's at the core. Um, why is it that, man, I, I feel certain things in certain ways, and then you're able to go back to the truth of, the gospel, and, and we can never get past the beauty of what we've been saved from, who we've been saved to, and the implications it has in our life. I, I don't ever want people to feel like the Christian life is burdensome or drudgery. It's so beautiful. And I think until we see how beautiful it is, which is, again, saturating and sitting in the goodness of the gospel, we'll never be compelled to do anything in response to it. Yeah, that's good. I would, hopefully, uh, I would add one more thing to your list, and that is, I think it maybe it's a pride thing in America, but I think we should, once again, encourage and I would encourage the listeners to go find someone who prays a lot and ask them to pray with you. Yeah. And Somebody has a solid prayer life or, or even just bringing it to your community. Say, man, I'm struggling with prayer. Yeah. You know, like help, help me through this. Help me think through this. Like, let's be honest and open. I mean, I think everybody could say, I think there's very few people that are like, man, I crush it in my prayer life. Right. I think we could always pray more. And, and you know, the, the thing we say is like, I don't have time to pray. And I think the question is like, do you really have time not to pray? You know, like, I think we got to reframe that. Like, <laughs> That's good. We really need to pray. Like, if if prayer really is um, as powerful as Scripture shows it and as Jesus shapes it out to be, if, if I mean, again, I said this a couple weeks ago, if anybody had an excuse to not pray, it's Jesus. He could have been like, yeah, it's not the best door to my time to spend time praying. And yet, he spends a ton of his time praying. Yeah. So we need to take from that. Yeah, and I think it even leaks out into, you know, I'm guilty of this. And I think church culture is guilty of it. Church culture is guilty of this. Like you hear an image, like when we come out of the sermon, right? We, we typically say there's three ways to respond. You can sing with the worship team, you can give, or you can come pray. And we have like our pastors forward to be able to receive people and pray for them. And I think, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this mindset. I think a lot of people view that as like, Oh, like, it's only if something's really bad. Yeah, but I mean, you, big trouble. Like, like big need, trouble, you ooh. you know. But I think we should encourage a church culture that says, no, like, if I'm worried about X, like, I'm going to go, whether it's in that moment or just grabbing someone after church, like, I'm going to ask someone to pray for me. Um, I think we're often, and I'm guilty of this as well, often quick to ask for worldly advice, not as quick to ask for prayer. Um, and so I think that's another thing that like, even I'm convicted in, in this conversation to try to reorient myself around. Yeah. I'll close with this too. I think this is a really good verse to meditate on. This is kind of the verse, uh, that I feel like the Lord specifically has for, for me over the next year. Um, but it talks about the, the righteous and it's Psalm 112 and it says, he will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. His heart is assured he will not fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. And I think there's this beauty in verse six, it even says, he will not be shaken. The righteous one will be remembered forever. And there's this sense of confidence and I'm not worried about bad news. And I'm not worried about, there's, there's this collectiveness that this individual, this righteous person has. And I think the way we get there 
in, in large part is through prayer and communication with God. Yeah, that's a really good way to close. And if you're listening and you have any questions about prayer, please feel free to email those to us at pastormike at imageatl.com. 